Have you ever wondered where you really stand with God? Are you overcome with feelings of guilt because of things you've done wrong? Are you tired of religion that focuses on rules that you can't keep? Have we got good news for you? It's time to listen in on some casual conversation with Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski and discover what true freedom is all about. This is Growing in Grace. We are rolling for another podcast of Growing in Grace. Mike Kapler here, Joel Brzezinski right over there. And we're glad you're with us. Thanks for sharing our podcast and uh, telling somebody else about it because so many people are wrapped up with uh, a lot of religion that is not allowing them to live the life that they were meant to. And so hopefully our little time together each week here on Growing in Grace will help people come out from, un- come out, come out from that <laughs> and uh, start living a life of freedom and grace. That's what it's all about. And yep, we're rolling. We're rolling along in this new year. I got my reel-to-reel recording device here going, um, <laughs> making everything rolling along just just perfectly. <laughs> I always worry that the tape is going to break, but no, I love this digital age. I just open Gold Wave here, get you on Skype, and we get ourselves going here. It's fun. This is a good thing. This whole new covenant, it's exciting. It's a really exciting life to live. And I am, I'm kind of sad that so many Christians don't experience this exciting life that we have in Jesus Christ. I mean, I know that there's stuff in life that gets us down. I know stuff happens. I've had to deal with car problems recently. I've had to deal with water heater problems and leaking problems in my house, you know, all kinds of stuff. People have relationship problems. People have financial problems, all kinds of things. I get that. But there is this thing called life, <laughs> this this abundant life that Christ came to give us, even, even when there are numerous troubles going on around us. You know, because he himself said there will be troubles in life, but be of good cheer because I have overcome the world. All these things that are going on around us, they're real. I don't want to um, negate the fact that these things that happen in our lives are real. But the truth is, too, that we have this abundant life, Jesus Christ himself alive in us. And uh, we don't have to be stuck under that old covenant mindset where we're, we're struggling and striving to perform for God to live up to his expectations, because this new covenant is based on the finished work of Jesus Christ. The work is already done for you to be accepted by God, for you to be one with God. So the work is all done. We get the joy and the privilege of resting in it uh, because cap of the finished work of Christ. Well, you mentioned something before we started recording, because I think one, one way that we can contrast the old and the new covenant here is to talk about the difference of love under the old covenant versus love under the new covenant. Because again, we're under completely separate covenants here now. They aren't intertwined. They don't mix together. You just don't shake them up and out comes a milkshake that tastes delicious. <laughs> it doesn't work that way. True. They're two separate things, and the old covenant has been made obsolete. But, you know, we talk a lot about being freed from the law and the commandments, Joel, but I'll bet uh, one of the commandments that we're going to talk about here, most people don't think that this one would be included. Yeah, you wouldn't think so because, you know, Jesus himself said it. And, and here, here's the story. Here's where, it go, here's where the story starts that the Pharisees and Sadducees were, were gathered together. And one of them, it says, and this is Matthew twenty two forty. 40, uh, one of them, a lawyer. Imagine a lawyer asking a legal question. Uh, a lawyer asked Jesus a question, testing him, saying, Teacher, what is the great commandment? in the law and jesus jesus responded directly 
and and this is the truth. This is the great commandment in the law. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And he got that directly from the law. And then he said, uh, and the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Again, if you go back and look, you know, there's 613 laws in the Old Covenant, and that was one of them. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. It's written in the Old Covenant law. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus says, on these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Well, guess what Jesus didn't say? (laughs) He said, on these two commandments hang the gospel. No. Now, and I, you know, you talked about, you know, people thinking that, you know, some of the things we might say might be blasphemous. And I, <laughs> I get it. You know, if people think that what we're saying here is blasphemous, but what Jesus said here was law. It was a law teaching. It wasn't the gospel. And we'll, and we'll show this to you. Please stick around with us and, uh, and listen to us if, if you're having trouble with this, because the gospel is so much different. It's not based upon a commandment to love, but it's based on something else, and we'll get into that. Yeah, and I know this is so much different than probably what you've been taught. Hang in there. I, I know you may not get this all right away. Maybe maybe your aha moment, your aha moment, uh, maybe it won't happen right now, but hopefully uh, some of this will, will start to sink in as you begin to, to grow in your understanding of the gospel. I mean, we're all growing in our understanding of the gospel, but so Cap, so Joel, are you saying that we shouldn't live by those commandments of loving the Lord your God with all your heart and your neighbor as yourself. Um, no, I'm, I'm saying live by them. If you want to be guaranteed failure, <laughs> then live by them. Try to live by those because all of the law and the prophets are wrapped up in those two. So if you could just keep those two, you'll keep the entire law. That's how some people are going to interpret that. Well, of course, we know nobody can do it. That was the whole point. Mm-hmm. of Jesus coming and, and taking us out from under that covenant of the law and the prophets and putting us under a new covenant, making the old obsolete and giving us a new and better covenant established upon better promises, right? Yeah. So here's a, a simple way of looking at the old and new covenants when it comes to love, because under the old covenant, like with everything else, we were commanded to do it even commanded to love. You're commanded to love God. You're commanded to. And if you don't do it, what? People start to panic, right? Under the new covenant, it's not the same as the old. In fact, they are in many ways opposite each other. They contradict each other. Like we said last week, it's a contrast. So the old covenant would focus on us doing, on us trying, on our works, It would focus on us loving God. It would make us loving God the issue. The new covenant, on the other hand, contrary to that, the new covenant tells us that our love for God is not the issue like it was under the old, but it's the new covenant. It's about his love for us. Because while the old covenant commanded us to love, as is the case with all of the law and commandments, it never gave us the power or the ability, it, didn't, it did not enable us to be able to accomplish what it demanded. The new covenant is about God loving us, demonstrating that love by the sacrifice of his son, Jesus Christ. And you know, Joel, I'm, I'm thinking that in 1 John, the only reason that we love God is because we discovered that he first loved us. 
So his love for us is unconditional, which I hope we can talk about, if not in this program, in the next one, because I've got some things to say about that. His love for us is unconditional. But even our love for him, under even under the new covenant, it's because of his love for us that we even can return love back to him. I mean, that in a sense is is not unconditional, our love for him. But his love for us is unconditional. And so because he first loved us, we love him. And um, um, there, there's something else I'm trying to think of, too. What is it? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, in any case, I'll, 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 I've talked long enough. I'm going to let you pipe in here. But uh, that's just one simple contrast of, of the old versus the new covenant, even on the subject of love. Well, if you think about it, just burst in, just bust in <laughs> whatever I'm saying, just, you know. Uh, but, yeah, that's right. I, th- I think a lot of people think about these words of Jesus, and it's I, I don't think people realize that it's not as simple as what it sounds. You know, the commandments, getting back to these commandments, just real briefly here. The commandment says, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. It doesn't just say try to love God. It doesn't just say try and do your best, you know, just, you know, whatever love you got, just, you know, just love God with that love. It says all your heart, all your soul, all your strength. And the, the other commandment said, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Not just do your best to love other people, but love your neighbor as you love yourself. What things would you do for yourself? Would you do exactly the same thing for your neighbor? Jesus, of course, uh, had the rich young ruler go away sad because part of that process, I think, of loving others as yourself is selling all that you have and giving to the poor. I mean, if you really want to follow the commandment to love others, and, and again, that's it's a commandment. The point that we're trying to make here is that the commandment was impossible to keep, and uh, Jesus knew that. And so what we find in this new covenant, indeed, as you were saying, Cap, is that this is love. Like you say in 1 John 4, 10, this is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as, a, as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. When we grasp that, and it's a lifelong, see, this is the thing, this is the difference between a commandment that you must follow or else and getting to know God's love over the period of a lifetime. We're not we're never going to grasp it all in this lifetime. We're never going to love God perfectly in this lifetime even as the new creations that we are. And we are new creations. You know, we have the perfect love of God in us. We have the capability of loving God like he loves us, but it's a gradual learning growing process. And so, you know, we get to have the privilege of knowing God's love, and at the same time, reciprocating that love over a period of time, over the course of our lifetime, and growing in it, rather than it being this set-in-stone commandment that we must follow. There's a huge difference there, and and there's a lot of freedom there, too. You know, uh, John 3.16, for God so loved the world, right, gave his only begotten Son, whoever believes in him, in him should not perish but have everlasting life. God so loved the world. That word love there, it implies a, a level of uh, no condition. This kind of love does not need a chemistry, an affinity. I'm reading from some of what Strong's says here. It does not need a chemistry. It does not need an affinity or a feeling. A lot of the writers of the Old Testament or people under the Old Covenant they don't even know or, or could not understand what this word meant before Jesus came. And something I was looking up, Joel, if you go back to some, some root words of this word love in John 3.16, I found this very interesting. It also means friendship. 
to be friendly to one, to wish him well. He associates with one a companion. And get this, Joel, one of, it can also mean this, one of the bridegroom's friends who on his behalf asked the hand of the bride and rendered him various services in closing the marriage and celebrating the nuptials. Wow. That's, you know, that's just an awesome, awesome type of love. There's something to that that, that that we really need to realize, that it's something that we can't muster up in and of ourselves. I think that's one of the reasons why Jesus came. Uh, one of the big reasons was because all of this stuff we couldn't do in and of ourselves. If a person wants to try, they can try all they want in, I think you said it either earlier, this program or last program, you can try all you want and all you're going to end up with is failure eventually because we can't do this thing perfectly. So we get the joy and the benefit of trusting in the finished work of Christ and basking in His love for us. So that we can then uh, in turn reciprocate it, not as a command, not as something we must do, but as something that penetrates our soul to the point that we're able to love God back and to love others as well. Well, it's been another edition of Growing in Grace. We'll be back with more talk about this new covenant and uh, some other things as well next week right here on Growing in Grace. This has been Growing in Grace with Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski. Heard online through various internet sources around the world each week. To access hundreds of past programs, visit graceroots.org. Share it with a friend and listen again next week for more Growing in Grace.